Hi everyone. <laughs> yeah, um it's it's always um a privilege to to look into the word of God and um discuss or share the scriptures with us. Um it's a responsibility that I don't take lightly and um whenever I'm asked to share with us i take time to to ask god what do you want us to to learn what do you want us to hear what is it that you want your people to be blessed with um a few weeks back um kev asked me to to um do a preach on hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 so um it's not uh, the usual topical kind of a uh, preach um it's more of like an expository preach uh, meaning that we are going to be zooming into hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 um uh, the implication of that is that we will not do a lot of scriptures uh because we are going to look intently into uh hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 um so i um the time i took to study the uh that place and um and i read it i struggled to come out with a topic for that um hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 but as god will have it um the topic before us says the place of rest all right um i will try to be as clear as possible and speak as slow as i can so that you will understand what i'm saying um it's not a normal preach but an expository kind of message um we're going to read down hebrews chapter 4 from verse 1 to 12 that will help us to kind of have an understanding of um of the place of the main verse we are looking at hebrews chapter 12 i'm going to read from verse 1 down to 12 quickly uh, but our main focus is um, on verse 12. It says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you were found to have fallen short of it. For we also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they had was of no value to them because they did not share the fate of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God says, I declare in my on oath in my anger that they shall not enter my rest and yet his work had been finished since the day of creation for somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these in these words on the seventh day god rested from all his works and again in the passage above he says they shall not never enter my rest therefore since it still it still, remain, it still remains for some to enter that rest. And since, since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God set a certain day calling it today. This he did when he long time, uh, long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. 
for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the examples of disobedience. Then the main uh, verse, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thought and attitude of the heart. I also add verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we must give account. All right. Um, I am going to approach this main verse or this uh, topic from three main angles. I'm going to give a general background to the Hebrews um, chapter 4 verse 12. I'm going to give a general background to it. And I'm also going to give what I call a Hebrew background. We'll come to that. And finally, we are going to zoom into Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 proper. All right. Um, on giving a general background to it, um, one thing that is very clear is that since creation and ever since the fall of man, we all, all understand what the fall of man is. You know, um, the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and every other thing that comes with it. From creation and from the time of the fall, gods um, have always had the intention to bring people back into relationship with him. That has always been God's intention and um, he's very, very clear about it. Um, it's true that over the years since the creation, a few people or some people have made efforts to, to reach out to God. That's clear, you know, if you read the Bible, a lot of people will read about Enoch and some other people in the scripture that have made efforts to reconcile themselves back to God. But God's formula or the way God wants, or have always wanted to go about it is for him to initiate a reconciliatory move to reconcile people back to himself. You know, and God himself, in trying to, you know, execute his plan of bringing people back to himself, because what we lost or what people or human beings lost at the fall in the Garden of Eden was so enormous. But the greatest of it is that we lost our relationship with God. And that's why God told Adam, in the day that you eat this fruit, that day you will surely what, die. But we know that Adam did not drop dead the day he ate the fruit. But something happened. He actually died. He died spiritually. He was separated from God. And there's a vacuum inside of every human being. The soul of every human being can never find rest except it's reconciled back to God, the creator. So God have been in the business of reconciling people back to him and giving them the rest that their soul have been longing for. All right. Um, 
And that is why when our Lord Jesus Christ came, he made his mission clear and, um, and open and um, he did not shroud his mission in misery, mystery. He made it clear. He declared it loud and open. And that's why in Matthew chapter 4 from verse 25 to 29, um, I will read that place for, for, for emphasis sake. Um, Matthew chapter 4, sorry, Matthew chapter 11, I'm going to read from 25. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is, this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom he chooses to reveal him to. Now, listen to verse 28. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So, so the, mission, uh, uh, the mission of our Lord Jesus Christ is very, very clear. To reconcile people back to God when they come to him, and when they come to him, they will find rest for their soul. I want to let you know that any, any person who is not yet reconciled back to God have really not find, found rest for their souls. All right. All right. Um, that's just like a, a general background on, on what God's plan is, what God's intentions are. His intention is to reconcile people back to him and give rest to their weary soul. Now, the book of Hebrew, where we read from, from verse 1, I'm trying to make a Hebrews background to that verse. It says, um, the book of Hebrew, as we know, um, was written to who? To the Hebrews, not to us. All right? So if you understand it from that point, uh, from that angle, it will help you to understand why verse 12 was written. So it's written to the Hebrews, and if you read throughout the book of Hebrews, you will see the writer talking about God's people referring to the Hebrews. God's people as like an umbrella name, not that the Hebrew people uh, had reconciled themselves to God, not that they all have rest for their soul, not that they've all given their hearts to God, but as an umbrella word, uh, God's people. Now, to the Hebrews, according to the writer, there was a promise God made to them the promise of entering into the land of rest. But that promise is a two-sided promise. The first one is the promise to physically enter into the land of rest. The other promise is to spiritually enter into God's rest. So, from taking the people of Hebrew, that is the Israelites, out of Egypt... Taking them into the promised land was not just a one-way promise. 
it wasn't just I will take you to the land and you have rest in the land. But it's a two-way promise. God had a mind to do two things, uh, accomplish two things in their lives. One is for them to enter the promised land physically and find rest physically in the promised land. The other one is for them to be reconciled to God and find rest for their soul. That is why we are we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. You will see there that, that the Bible says in verse, sorry, verse 8, that, that if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day. Let me, let me look at that scripture, please. Verse 8 says, for, Joshua, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken about rest another day. So what is clear is that the purpose of God for the Hebrews was to give them both the physical rest and the land and also to bring their soul to a place of rest in him. All right? Are we together on that? Okay. Now, because the Bible said that Joshua did not give them rest, which is the spiritual rest according to verse 8, that is why there was like an announcement in verse 1 that says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So you see, the promise of the Hebrew people entering into God's rest still stands even after they enter the promised land. Are we together? So that the promise of entering his rest still stands. We are going to see how it all applies to us. But it's a two-way promise. But to enter the promised land and for them to enter his rest. Since that promise still stands, it's still available and it's still there available for whoever wants to enter God's um, rest. Okay. Now, the writer of Hebrew, being a Hebrew person, says that, uh, says the same message of answering God's rest. If you look at verse 2, the writer of Hebrew was now referring to the Hebrew, referring, uh, talking about the message of entering God's rest was preached to the Hebrew people, as it was also preached to them, him being a Hebrew, that some accepted the message of entering God's rest, while some did not accept the message of entering God's rest. So there's a so within the, the, the Hebrew people, there were people that actually gave their hearts to God and found rest for their soul. Whereas there are people that didn't give their heart to God and did not find rest for their soul. In spite that they all, or a majority of them, all entered the land of Israel. So the Bible says that there remained a rest yet for the people of God. Are we together? All right. I'm, I'm going to make it quick so that I will not overshoot my time. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of God is active 
and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and intent of the heart. Now, this is the main place where I want to dwell. That's why I was you know, trying to rush through other things that I was saying. Now, the Bible says that um, God's word is, first of all, active. Sorry, first of all, alive and then active. Now, there's something I, I have sampled myself. When you tell people that God is alive, um, God is active, they kind of say, yes, that's true. It's easy to accept that God is alive and God is active. So when you read Hebrews chapter 12 and you skip the word of God, and you just say God is alive and God is active, people will say, yes, we agree with that. A lot of people agree. But when you say the word of God is alive and active, you know, um, people try to find it difficult to get their head around the fact that the word of God is alive and active. So when I was studying uh, this scripture, um, I started looking in-depth into what it means for the word of God to be alive and then to be active and then to also go down and be something that can cut through to the dividing of soul and marrow according to where we read. All right. Um, the first thing I want us to know is this. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3, in the beginning was the word and the word was with... So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything that was made that was made. Then in verse 14 it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the first thing we need to understand about the word of god as the word of god is living jesus himself is the living word of god he is the living word of god because the bible says that the word of god became what flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the word of god is living um, but within the context of what we are reading, when the writer of Hebrews says that the word of God is living, what the writer of Hebrews is trying to convey to us is that God's promise of entering his rest is still alive, is still valid. I went out of context to talk about the word of God being the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm coming back to the context of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. When it says the word of God is alive, it's, making, it's referring to the promise of entering his rest. That it's still valid. That promise is still available. That promise is still effective. It's still there up till today for whoever wants to enter God's rest. Are we together? The promise, you know, wasn't like it's dead and gone. It's no longer there. God's promise of entering his rest is still available to everyone, no matter who the person is. Whether it's the president, whether it's the governor, whether it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a minister, 
whether it's an ordinary person uh, just down the road, the promise of entering God's rest is still available to everyone. So that means it's not dead. The promise is still alive. It's living. It's something that can still be obtained. Something that anyone can still get. All right. Are we together? So um, as I was studying the, the, the same Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, I now said, okay, the word of God is alive and active. I had to get the dictionary to try to understand what... Um, active means. And, um, the words that I saw in the dictionary were really exciting. It's, it's the, the words like energetic, meaning the word of God is energetic. Um, agile, the word of God is agile. The word of God is vigorous. The word of God is dynamic. The word of God is lively. It even says it's bubbly. It's bustling. The word of God is full of vigor. The word of God is powerful. Um, as I try to, you know, fit in those words to explain the word of God, I came across uh, what I think is the best uh, explanation of the word of God being active, according to um, Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. That was when I looked at uh, the. Well, the, the translation of the Bible is called CJC, that is the Community Jewish Bible. It translates it this way. It says, the word of God is at work in your life. That was how it puts it. So whether active, bubbly, bustling, but the, 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 the translation puts it as this way. The word of God is at, at work in your life. Now, um, I remember the Bible says that as the rain falls to the earth and waters the earth and makes the earth to bud and to grow and to bring out vegetation, that is how the word of God that comes down to us will not return to God void, but will accomplish that which he says he would do. Because the word of God is at work in your life. And I also remember the scripture that says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because the word of God is at work in your life as a child of God. It's at work in your life. And also remember the scripture that says um, that men of old... Uh, meaning the prophet, spoke not by their own inspiration, but as they are led by the Holy Spirit. That the word of God that they spoke is profitable for correction, for reproof, for um, everything it says. It's, and then at the end it says that every child of God or every man will be equipped for every good work. And that is the word of God. The word of God is at work in your life. Now, if you still read down uh, the same Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, you begin to see where the Bible says, um, it says, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thought and intent of the heart. Now, there's nothing in all creation that can stand before the word of God. The word of God is able to break through any barrier, any hindrance, no matter what stands 
before it. Let me explain what I mean by that. The Bible says that in Hebrews, where we read from the beginning, 4 from verse 1, that the same message was preached unto the Israelites, but the message did not profit them because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Within the heart or within inside of every person, every human being, is this ability to trust God hidden down in our heart. There is this desire, this vacuum inside of us that is a soft spot for God. This ability to, to, to kind of have faith in him. But the problem is for most people, their heart, the part of them that could trust God is shrouded and covered uh, with a lot of doubts, with um, unbelief, with distrust about God, with you know, ill or um, negative experiences they've had in life, and so many, of, so many things like that. Um, if you think of um, a coconut and you want to get to the main part of the coconut, what do you do? You, you get a machete and you begin to, to cut and cut and cut. You keep cutting until you get to where you want to get to. Now, within the heart of people are things that have shrouded and covered up the ability to trust God, the ability to accept God, the ability to, to, to put their faith in him. And the Bible says that the word of God is what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. And what does it do? The word of God begins to cut off distrust that we have in our heart. The word of God begins to cut off um, unbelief that have shrouded our hearts. The word of God, what it does is it cuts off um, all uh, disinterest in God. The word of God cuts out cuts of blatant refusal that people have towards God. The word of God cuts off everything, every, whatever has been built up around the person's heart that have come as a result of negative experience in life. What the word of God does, it, it begins to cut it, cut it, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off, so that the heart can be open to God. Are we together? So, Nothing can stand in the way of the word of God. And now you as a child of God, I want you to know that nothing can stand in the way of the word of God being at work in your life. Nothing. Nothing can stand. Even your unbelief, the word of God will break it down. The distrust that might be there, the word of God will do what? Will break it down. There are people, now I, I, I wanted to safely assume um, I hope I'm not out of time. Yeah, I think my time is almost up. I wanted to safely assume, when I was preparing this message, I was praying, and I prayed a lot about it, and I wanted to safely assume that everyone here, seated here, um, have found rest for their soul. So that was the working assumption I was working with, and but... I think the Spirit of God started telling me, no, don't safely assume that everyone here have found rest for their soul. Instead, safely assume that not everyone might have found rest for their soul. 
So what it means is, if you are here and you've not found rest for your soul, the Bible said that the promise is still alive and open. Are we together? It, it may not apply to everyone here, so I assume that probably there may be someone here. Because I wanted to assume that everybody is okay, and the Spirit of God said, no, don't assume we are all okay. We said, assume that there could be people that have not found rest for their soul. I mean, have not opened their heart to Christ, have not really surrendered totally to the Lord, completely to the Lord. The Bible says that the promise of entering his rest is still what? Is still available. It's still open to us. It's still there for you. It's still there and it's living and available. And all you need to do is to say, Lord, my heart, take over my heart and let everything that is hindering me from re being reconciled to you be cut off. Let it be removed. Let the word that is sharper than your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it begin to cut off anything whatsoever will stand to hinder me from reconciling with you. And also, I when I also was studying, I was also looking at. Um, I said, Lord, okay, if I don't safely assume that we are all okay, how about? the people I, uh, you know that have already given their heart to you. And what was also laid in my heart, the Bible says, there remained a rest for God's people. You could have given your heart to Christ, but the Lord is saying that there's still rest for your soul. There's still rest. For some of us, God is giving you rest in your marriage. For some of us, God is giving you rest in your ministry in your call in your service to him for some of us god is giving you rest in your career for some of us god is giving you rest in in your health you've been struggling with your health the lord is giving you rest in your health in if for some of us god is giving you rest in your family probably it's not been all right for you in your family but there is rest for you as well so um I'm going to um, stop right here and we're going to pray. And um, let's, let's, let's be upstanding if you can. If you can. So I want us to, um, to do the prayer from two perspectives, two angles. Um, the first prayer is this. It has to do with um, whoever is here and you know that your soul have not found rest in God the Bible says that the promise of you being reconciled to God is still open is still available up to today and we thank God for that so if you know you are here and you have not given your heart to Christ um, this is an opportunity for you to pray to begin to pray for yourself and, and, and ask, tell the Lord that you want to give your heart completely to him, that you want this promise of entering uh, his rest to become uh, yours at this moment. Begin to pray that prayer. And the other prayer that we are, I want us to also pray is this. Um, you've given your heart to the Lord, you've found rest, but you are experiencing um, 
whatsoever be the problem you're experiencing and you want God's rest in your marriage, in your family, in your career, and at times you look at the future, your heart is uh, melts, you, you, you're not sure of, of what, what God's plan for you is, you, you get confused at times, uh, family problems, uh, you, you, the Lord says that there's rest for you. So I want, the other prayer is for prayer for rest in every aspect of your life prayer for rest in every aspect of your life. So these two prayer points, I want us to begin to pray them personally. Begin to talk to God personally on your own. On your own, talk to God. On your own, talk to God. Silently call upon him. First and foremost, you've not given your heart to him. You've not reconciled to him. This is an opportunity um, there's an opportunity Jesus said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden that he will give you rest there's rest for your soul as you open up your heart to Jesus as you surrender completely to him there's rest for your soul and also there's rest available for you in your marriage probably there are things you have cried out to the Lord to do for you over the years and it's, it seems as if it's not happening there's rest coming for you in that aspect of your life. Probably there are things you say, Lord, this is what I want you to do for me. Maybe there are things you are asking God to do in your life. To those you are asking him to open for you. And it appears as if nothing is happening. I want to let you know the good news for you this afternoon is God is bringing rest. He's bringing rest to you. He's bringing rest to you. In every aspect of your life, he's bringing rest to you. Begin to ask the Lord for rest. Rest in your, in your career. Rest in your calling to God. Begin to ask the Lord rest for your marriage. Rest for your family. Rest in every aspect of your life. It's no longer a uh, time for you to continue to struggle it's time for you to experience god's rest begin to pray for yourself this is a time of prayer be in the mood of prayer begin to pray for yourself open up your mouth and talk to god it's very important you talk to god it's very important you talk to god the bible said that his word is active it's alive it's at work in your life the word of god is at work in your life to give you rest in every aspect of your life the word of God is at work in your life. It's sharper. It's penetrating within your soul, within every aspect of your life. The word of God is at work in your life. Open up your heart. Ask him to give you rest in every aspect. To give you rest in that area that you are crying day and night to him. Probably there is an area in your life you are crying day and night and say, Lord, when will you intervene? When will you intervene? I want to let you know the word of God is at work in your life. His, it's, his, his word is at work in your life. It's, it's penetrating, it's working, it's dominating, it's taking over because his rest is available for you. Yes, he's there for you. His rest is there for you. The rest is there for every aspect of your life. Oh, child of God, God's rest is available for you. The Bible says that there remained a rest for God's people. There remained a rest for God's people. Yes, the Bible says there remained a rest for God's people. The rest is available for you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your word is alive in us.
Your word is alive in us. Yes, Lord, your word is alive in us. Yes, Lord, I begin to, to pray for your people right now. Lord, I, I begin to say, Lord, who amongst us, O oh Lord, has been weeping and crying? Who among us have lost hearts, have, have lost hope in, in one thing or the other, in one aspect of their life or the other, and think that God will never, never show up? Lord, I ask for the rest, for your rest to come upon them. Lord, I ask that your rest will come, your rest will come, Lord. Father, who amongst us is weeping, Lord, let rest begin to come. Yes, Lord, because your word said there remained a Sabbath rest for your people. There remained a rest for your people. Lord, who amongst us have not found rest for their health? Lord, and is battling with one thing or the other, battling with one health problem or the other. Father, I am asking, according to your word, let there be rest in the person's health. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh Lord, I ask, according to your word, let there be rest in that person's life. Let there be rest in the person's health. In the name of Jesus, Lord, it doesn't matter the, what that um, health problem is the Bible says that the your word is at work in our life. Your word will bring forth healing. Your word is at work, oh Lord. Father, I'm asking for rest. Yes, Lord. In every other aspect of life, Lord, in other every aspect of uh, the life of your people here, both in their career, they are experiencing trouble times. Father, let rest come in the name of Jesus. Lord, is it in family? Is the end of family here that is experiencing troubling times? Lord, I ask, let rest come in the name of Jesus. Lord, are there families here that 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 are having oh Lord? problems here and there. Lord, I ask, let your rest come in the name of Jesus. Lord, every troubled family, let there be rest in the name of Jesus. Lord, I also pray, oh Lord, there, there, there are issues in the life of people here, Lord, as it's been laid in my heart, that they can't voice out to people. They, they say, who, who will understand me? Who will understand how it's painful it is to me? Lord, whatever be those issues in the life of anyone here, in which they cannot open up their mouth and even voice out and say, Lord, I ask for rest. Lord, I ask for rest. Lord, there are some people that have prayer points in their heart that they cannot even open up their mouth and ask someone pray with me on this aspect. Lord, I pray that rest will come, oh Lord. Let rest come in the name of Jesus. Lord, let rest come in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, because there remained a rest for your people. And your word is active, it's alive, at work in our life. And nothing is going to hinder you from accomplishing that which your word has been released to accomplish in your people. In Jesus' name.